And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground of an offering unto the Lord. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews 11, 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet he speaketh. Let's pray as we remain standing. Father, we thank you for your word which you have given to us. As we get into your word and as we sit under the authority of your word, spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, mold us, break us, Melt us and fill us that we might be the channel of your blessings. May the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your side. My rock, my redeemer, and soon coming king. Amen. Please be seated. This is a very important Lord's Day in the history of our country. We as a nation celebrate a memorial day tomorrow, and we will remember all men and women who have given their lives so we can enjoy freedom. I would like to call upon this morning those who have been in the service and who had been in the service, who served our nation. Would you please stand? We want to honor you.
thank you so very much for your sacrifice and your service to our nation. Many of your colleagues never had the privilege to see this day. You are here, but by the grace of God. And we are grateful. We are very, very grateful. This is the only country where they celebrate this kind of service. We come from India and we have nothing about that. And we are very grateful the Lord has brought in this country. And what a joy, what a privilege that we remember the sacrifices of sons and daughters, fathers and mothers for our nation. And we thank God for all those who stood and those who stood behind them. We also thank God for them. Those who are visiting first time in our worship service, we would like to acknowledge you this morning. May God bless you as you worship with us. It's wonderful that you are here. You could have been other places, but the Lord brought you here, not because you wanted to be here, but because he wanted you to be here. And we are very, very grateful. I thank God for this privilege to bring God's word in our church this morning. This subject is very much on my heart about the Old Testament saints, the Old Testament heroes of faith. And it is recorded by the Holy Spirit and the testimony of one young man. His name was Abel. And the Bible tells us even though he is dead, he speaks. Even though he is dead, he speaks. So we are going to consider the very life of a man who was slaughtered by his own religious brother. James Moffat, a missionary to Africa, wrote, I quote him, Death is never the last word in the life of a righteous man or a righteous woman. When a man or a woman leaves this world, he be righteous or unrighteous, but he lives something in this world. Continually, he says, he may leave something that will grow and spread like a cancer or poison, or he may leave something like a fragrance of perfume or a blossom of the beauty that permeates the atmosphere with a blessing. Man or a woman leave this world as Paul or Nero. Dead man speaks. Dead man speaks for those who have ears to hear. Those who have ears to hear. Here is a man whose name is Abel. He speaks to the sophisticated culture, which is 21st century. And I wish they have an ear to hear what he has to say. He lived in a far distant age. He lived in a different time zone. He lived in a different culture. Abel lived when the earth was new who was the second generation of the mankind, 
One thing remarkable about Abel, I quote, he had far less light from God than we do have. Let me say it again. He had far less light than we do have. He did not have the Bible. He did not have the pastor. He did not have the church. He did not have any accountability. So he, in that context, he had a far less knowledge than we do have the scripture, which is called, Behold, I bring life eternal, the Bible. The Bible. As we read the heroes of faith and the honor roll call of the Old Testament saints, Abel stands first. Abel stands first. Abel speaks about what it means to worship God. Worship is costly. Worship is not cheap because whom we worship is a costly God. Is a costly one. Abel speaks about worship. Enoch speaks about walk. And Noah speaks about witness. Keep that in mind. And God willing, whenever I will have an opportunity to preach, I'm going to take the whole series of the Old Testament saints. And this is the first one, Abel. <clears throat> the Hebrews chapter 11 can be divided in three parts. Number one, verses one to, one to three, excellency of faith. Verses four through seven, the life of faith. And verses eight through 40, the achievement of faith. So the excellency of faith, verses one to three, the life of faith, verses four through seven, and verses 8 to 40 is the achievements of faith. So follow me, beloved, as we, as we travel through this character. And I wish and pray that Lord would give you the desire to know this man and learn from this man what he has to say to us. In the first division, we see the excellency of faith. It is proved by the facts that the faith gives the reality check, which is the word of God. Faith gives the reality check, which is the word of God. And the word of God assures us to hope for. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance. Stop there. Now faith is the substance. In the Greek word, the word substance, substance means hypostasis. So the substance equal to, the word hypostasis means to be placed or stand under. So faith stands under. If faith will remove, there is no hope. That what he's talking about, the faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidences uh, and the evidences of the things not seen. 
So faith gives proofs to the heart of those spiritual things which cannot be discovered by our natural senses. Faith secured to the Old Testament saints the good report. That what the Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 says. Faith enables to the favored possession. In other words, the one who have faith, they are the favored possession person. Faith enables to his favored possessor to understand, to understand which is incomprehensible, to inconceivable. Faith imparts the knowledge to which the natural mind cannot see or understand. Second division, which is covered by verses 4 through 7, the life of faith, there are three aspects in verses 4 through 7. The beginning of the life of faith, the character of the life of faith, and the warning and the encouragement from these verses. And there you have the list of the heroes of faith traveling or parading before us. What we are going to study and hear is more than the heroes of faith. Abel stands first in a unique way. And may the Holy Spirit give us the anointing eye to behold the glory of this word, his word, his word. Now remember, all the heroes of faith have a far less knowledge about God, yet even though they're dead, they speak. And we have so much given to us and how much we will leave behind, it is between you and God. Well, that brings to our text, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, by faith, Abel offered unto God more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, and a God testified of his gifts by saying, even though he is dead, yet he speaketh, or he speaks. Pause for a moment and think about these precious words. Even though he is dead, Yet, he speaks. What he speaks? We must have an ear to hear. What he speaks? We must have ear to hear. In the scripture, God has testified about different persons. Ask for example, David. David, was he perfect man? No. But he was faithful in what he had. And Acts chapter 13, verse 22, Holy Spirit writes through Luke that here David was a man after my own heart. What a wonderful testimony from God. Here is a man, my, uh, God after my own, here is a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. God trusted David to do his bid or his will. And then in verse 36, same chapter, Hebrews, Acts chapter 13, verse 36, 
that it is written that he had served his generation by my will. Isn't it wonderful, friends, that would it be nice that for you and for me it would be written or spoken. Here is a man who had served his generation according to my purpose. That is worth living life. Here is a man who lived to fulfill my desire, my will. And then what about Daniel? He lived more than anybody else, more than 70 years and four kingdoms. He was a big man, godly man. And about him, the Holy Spirit writes in Daniel chapter 9, verse 23, and chapter 10, verse 19, Daniel, you are, more, you are, you are greatly beloved man. Greatly beloved man. What about Mary? You remember Jesus, whenever he went to Bethany, he had a dinner with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. You remember? And then Mary and Martha was so occupied in all kinds of dishes. And Mary has chosen. And what the what Lord Jesus talked told about her, that Mary has chosen good part which will never be taken away from her. What a testimony. What a testimony. And about Abel, even though he is dead, he speaks. When you enter in the sanctuary, in the bulletin, there was an index card was given to you. How many people had the index card? Wonderful. Thank you. I would like to take this index card home and pray what kind of legacy you would like to leave behind for your children where they would thank God for you. What kind of legacy? What would you like a pastor to tell about in your funeral service? Write down. Put it on the refrigerator. And live every day like that. So your children would be proud of you. And say, I thank God for my father. This is the testimony he has left for me. So I might be encouraged in the midst of discouragement world. That's why I handed over this index card. Pray, 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 and write down what you would like to leave behind. That would be wonderful. Let us examine the text. Abel offered unto God his sacrifice. Now think about that. He is the first man, according to the scripture, Whoever offered this sacrifice, which was unheard, which was unheard. Remember, he had no example to follow. You know, as I was thinking about Paul, as he was writing to the church at Corinth, he told in chapter 11, verse 1, he said, follow me, imitate me. That's what Paul writes to the church. And what about Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29? He said, all those who are heavy and laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. And then he says, learn from me. Abel had nothing to learn from. Abel had nothing to follow. Remember that. That's why I told you that Abel had far less 
information about God than we do have today. Yet, Abel's conduct and action present the bleeding lamb for God's acceptance was unheard. Was unheard. The question, how his strange procedure to be accepted. When God asked Abel to bring sacrifice, how this was the strange thing that he brought this. Well, the answer is by faith. By faith. The Hebrews chapter 11 unlocks the meaning and the phrase by faith. You know, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you will find there are 22 times. There are 22 times the word faith comes. Either by faith, in faith, through faith. So what is this faith is talking about? What is he talking about? Faith is not a sense. Faith is not a sight. Faith is not a reason. But faith is taking God at his word. Faith, taking God at his word. As I was thinking about, there was a man in the scripture, Luke chapter 7, verses 8, 1 through 10. There was a man called Centurion. You remember the story of Centurion. His servant was sick. He's about to die. So, the deacons of the synagogue went to Jesus and told that this man has done so much for our people. And would you please go? And Jesus, on his way to Centurion's home, while he was on his way, Centurion sent the servants and told Jesus not to come. Not to come. And then he told through this man that Centurion is a man of authority. And when he says one to go and he goes, and one he says come and he comes. So Centurion says that I am not worthy that you can come under my roof. I am under the authority and I can ask anybody to come and they do. So you say the word and my servant will be healed. What did Jesus say? Oh, I love this is the testimony Jesus spoke about in, in, in Luke's gospel chapter 7 verse 9. I have not found such a great faith. I have not found such a great faith. Why? Because he took Jesus' word at his face value. That is faith. In Luke's gospel chapter 5, Peter toiled whole night and he did not catch anything. And Jesus told in chapter 5 verse 4, cast your net in the deep water. And what did Peter's, what was Peter's response? Master, we know this we have toiled whole night and we did not get one single face. Then what did Peter say in Luke chapter 5 verse 5? But at your word. Faith takes God at his word. It may be good or it may be bad, but it takes it as the face value. 
That is faith. And that, you know, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith must have foundation to rest upon. And that foundation is the word of God. And the word in Hebrew, in Greek, is the rhema. It's a spoken word. So he's taken. Faith rests on rhema, on God's word. And my friends, God's word never disappoint anyone. God's word never fails. Matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, 9, 10, he said, my word is higher than your word. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. That is God. So God speaks, heart receives, and acts upon. Like this centurion receives the word, acts upon, and his servant was healed. His servant was healed. So the character of Abel reveals what he acts upon after hearing from God. I want to make a contrast between Adam and Eve and Abel and Cain. Listen this carefully. Adam and Eve could not have been the persons of faith in the sense their descendants like Abel, Enoch, Noah. Adam and Eve seen God face to face. They fellowship with God. They talk with God. They had lived in the garden of paradise until they sinned and they had no need for, at that time they, no, they, no, they did not need any faith because they met God face to face. And they lived in God's very light. Their children were the first to have the need of faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah. It is important to understand that Abel's faith had to do with a personal salvation. Abel's faith had to do with a personal salvation. There are two things I wanted to stress this morning. Abel's sacrifice and Abel's worship. Abel's sacrifice. What can we learn from Abel's sacrifice? And Abel's worship. What can we learn about worship from Abel? He's the first man who had nothing. And yet he lived behind. No wonder the Holy Spirit writes, even though he is dead, he speaks. Let's hear what he is talking about about the sacrifice. The text says that Abel offered unto God more excellent, underline the word, more excellent, more excellent sacrifice than his brother Cain. So here we have the superiority of Abel's sacrifice. Abel's sacrifice. First, we can learn from Abel's sacrifice, it was offered in obedience to God. 
It was offered in the obedience of God. God's and God's revealed will. Please mark this. This obedience of Abel lies at the very foundation of all the actions which are acceptable to God. Nothing can be pleasing to God except which is offered in the condition of God. Condition of God. What God had conditioned, Abel fulfilled. What God demanded, Abel fulfilled. So that is the first thing we learn about Abel, that he offered the sacrifice in obedience to God. Secondly, it was offered by faith. It was offered by faith. This act of Abel tells us that there was something more than mere performance of an outward duty. True obedience and faith are inseparable. True obedience and faith are inseparable. In Romans chapter 1 verse 5, Paul writes, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience of faith. True saving faith, true saving faith always produces obedience. For the child of God, Obedience is not an option, but an obligation. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is not an option. That do I have to obey? Obedience is not an option, but obligation. I obey my God... Not because I have to, but I obey my God because I love him. When husband buys the gift for his wife, it's not that he has to, but he buys because he loves. No matter what. No matter what. So true saving faith always produces obedience. And my friends, obedience is always costly. Obedience is always costly. When you obey God, it costs several people. Several people. Thirdly, Abel had a willing mind. First, he offered in obedience... Secondly, he offered by faith. Now, thirdly, he had a willing mind. Willing mind. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12, Paul writes, For if there be first willing mind, it is accepted to God. Willing mind. Willing mind. Otherwise, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. God is most concerned with the heart attitude. Faith always works by love. Faith always works by love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. So Abel's faith 
works in love resulted that he brought the best of the best. Abel brought the best. It was the firstborn. It was the firstborn that what the Bible says, which was pleasing to God. You know, the firstborn he brought, later on, God, through Moses, told in Exodus chapter 13, verse 12, every firstborn that comes from an animal are Lord's. Every firstborn are Lord's. When it was slain, that what Abel did it, he slain, it was the fat which Abel presented God. Well, Genesis chapter 4, verse 4, which later God also claimed as his own. Well, in Leviticus chapter 3, verse 16, and Leviticus chapter 7, verse 25, all fat is mine. Thus says the Lord. So Abel brought the best which God required of us. He brought the best. My friends, when the Lord brings you here every Lord's day, I hope you bring the best to the Lord. Not the second best. The best. And what is the best? Heart. Proverbs chapter 23 Verse 26, my son, give me thine heart. Give me thine heart. Remember, it is with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So Abel offered in obedience, Abel offered by faith, Abel offered in willing mind. Nobody forced him. Nobody told him. But he did it. And fourthly. Abel sacrificed the offering. That was a look forward. For the great sacrifice. The lamb of God. Which will take away the sin. Of the whole world. That was Abel. That was Abel. No wonder he even dead. He speaks. He speaks about the sacrifice. Bring it with obedience, bring it by faith, bring it willing mind, and when you do, you always project to the one who had ultimately sacrificed for your redemption. For your redemption. On the contrary, Cain, his brother, Cain, did not act in obedience. Cain did not act in obedience. Cain disregarded God's appointment. Cain did not offer in faith. Cain's, Cain offering contained no foreshadowment of Christ. No wonder Cain's offering was rejected. Because it was not by faith, not by obedience, not by willing mind. Never foreshadow the Lamb of God. What can we learn from this? What can we learn about the sacrifice? Well, number one, to serve God acceptably, we must disregard all the human's wisdom. And you know, Psalmist reminds us, lean not in your own understanding. Lean not 
And then, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes, By the mercies of God, you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. In the Old Testament, when the sacrifice was brought in at the altar, part by part by part was laid on the altar, which was not the worshippers, but it was God's. It was God's. It was given to him. Lean not in your own understanding. To serve God acceptably, we must disregard all, disregard all the human wisdom. Secondly, all obedience, service, and worship must be proceed from the faith. By faith, by faith, by faith. Faith. Remember, without faith it is impossible to please God. And whoever comes must believe that he is. God was, no. God will be, no. God is. Present continues. He is. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my salvation. He is my song. He is my strong deliverer. He is my hiding place. He is my all in all. That is my God. No wonder David writes in Psalm 46, God is my refuge and my strength and my present help in trouble. God is. And the New Testament, if you turn the pages, God is the bread of life. God is the light of the world. God is the true door. God is the good shepherd. God is the resurrection and life. God is the way, the truth, and the life. God is the true wine. God is the Alpha and Omega. God is the first and the last. God is the line of the tribe of Judah, bright and morning star, lily of the valley, roses of Sharon. God is. One who comes must believe God is. When you approach, my friends, you are approaching living God, not dead God. We have a living God. And when you enter in the presence of God, he is the living God. He's willing to hear from you. You don't have to wake him up like Elijah was calling the prophets of the Baal. Cry out more. Probably your God is visiting or maybe he's vacationing. Call him more. Our God is there. And you know, David writes in Psalm 34 verse 8, Oh, taste and see the Lord is Test and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who test and trust in him. Prove me now. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Prove me now. I will open the windows of heaven. Oh, beloved, you haven't tested God. By faith, test him. Trust him. He will never let you down. Thirdly, we are to serve God with the best that we have. With our best abilities, with our best everything we have to offer, we have to serve him. 
So serve God acceptably. We must disregard the human wisdom. We must serve Him with obedience. And we must serve Him with the best. Not second best. Not second best. That what? In the book of Malachi, they did it. They brought, the, they brought the lame and the blind and the Lord through Malachi told, can you offer this to your governor? Do you think he will accept? If I am a living God, why you bring this kind of offering to me? Bring the best. Because he is the best. He is the lily of the valley. He is the roses of Sharon. He's the bright and morning star. He deserves the best. That is about sacrifice. How about worship? How about, what can we learn from Abel? What this young man, before his life was taken away, what did he teach us about worship? Well, you can learn about the worship, the place of worship, the time of worship, and the way to worship. In Genesis chapter 4, you learn all these things. The place, of wor- place to worship, Cain and Abel had a place to worship. Cain and Abel had a place to wor- worship. We read, they brought an offering. I believe there must be a sort of the altar where they had to bring their sacrifice. Now remember, he had no, they had no guideline, but there was a place where they would bring their offering. And I will tell you a little later on. So Cain and Abel had a place to worship. We read they brought the offering. There must be sort of the altar. There is no mention of their erecting an altar at this, at this time. But like, like uh, Noah, when he got out from the ark, he built an ark. He built an ark in chapter Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. Abraham built an ark, uh, alt, sorry, built an altar. Genesis chapter 12 verse 7 and chapter 22 where he offered Isaac. Elijah repaired the altar. But ab- about Cain and Abel, we don't read anything that they built or they repaired. But there was a place where they brought their offering. And that altar foreshadowed the mercy seat of God in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle. Well, let's learn about the time for worship. When you read chapter 4, verse 3, in the course of time. If you read Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, it is written, in the course of time, or in the process of time. That means literally at the end of days. That is at the end of the certain period of time. There was a certain period of time God has assigned. Now remember God of the Bible is the God of the order. God of the Bible is the God of the order. And the Bible talks about that. Well in Exodus chapter 12 verse 6. When God commanded through Moses that they have to bring and offer, they have to to sacrifice the lamb, you remember? And what was the time? God has assigned the time. Twilight, that was between two nights. Exactly, Josephus historian says it was three o'clock afternoon, three o'clock where Jesus Christ hung on the cross and he died. 
three o'clock in the afternoon, according to Josephus. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 4, God did prescribe the definite times and the ways of worshiping him. So we have the time for worship. Well, the way to worship also is written. God had designated the way to worship. I'm sure that Abel and Cain were told about worship God by their parents. Parents are the big, great Sunday school. Parents are the best Sunday school teacher for their children. And I believe with all my heart, whatever Abel, even uh, whatever uh, Adam and Eve had the knowledge of God, they passed it on to their children. Like uh, Joseph. Joseph was taken away. Remember, Joseph was taken away from his brothers and his father. And uh, when he was in chapter 39 of Genesis in Potiphar's house, the Potiphar, Mrs. Potiphar told that, lie down with me. The culture is like that. And what did he say? How can I do this sin against God and against you? How can I do that? Where did he get that knowledge? It was passed on by Jacob. By Jacob. So parents are the big uh, 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 teacher for their children. I believe with all my heart that Abel, uh, Adam and Eve must have given to them the instruction about God and about the worship. In all God's covenant with his people, there was a sin offering first. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, remember the Bible tells us later on that the wages of sin is death. And Bible also tells us that God is not delighted in the sin of the wicked people. And Bible also tells us later on that without sharing of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. What happened? Adam and Eve, according to the wages of sin, is dead. They could have been dead instantly when they sinned. But immediately, Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, God made coats of skins and clothed Adam and Eve. That was the blood which was shed for their sin offering. God did it for Adam and Eve. Cain and Abel knew that God had accepted only one sacrificial offering that was the blood for the sin. Blood for the sin. And he established the pattern for worship. He had established the pattern for worship. So the text says that Abel offered his sacrifice by faith since faith cometh by the hearing and the hearing of God's word. Cain and Abel must have had a revelation from God. I believe with all my heart that God revealed what he expects from his people. And he did it to Cain and Abel. That this is what the offering is all about. Abel brought by faith to cover up his sin. Cover up his sin. That is where the life of faith begins, friends. That is the life of faith begins by coming to Christ atoning, through Christ's atoning sacrifice. That is the life of faith begins. 
That is the life of faith begins. So first it begins with believing God that we are sinners and we are worthy of death. You know, my friends, I learned a lesson in my journey that when you teach your children, teach God is holy. Teach God is holy. And we as a creature are unholy. And God accepts forgiveness and we cannot. God has provided the lamb for our sin. That is the way you lead your children to the Lord. To the Lord. Remind, him, remind them that God forgives only through the blood of the lamb. Not without that. It was such faith Abel presented his sacrifice to God. When Abel did sacrifice what God said, he revealed his obedience and he acknowledged his sinfulness. And then he was declared righteous. Then he was declared. Cain, on the other hand, Cain, on the other hand, was disobedient and he did not acknowledge his sin. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain because God prescribed the blood sacrifice. They learned from their parents. Both brothers knew what God wanted. The difference between the two was that Abel gave what God wanted and Cain gave what he himself wanted. Abel was obedient, Cain was disobedient. Abel acknowledged his sin, Cain did not acknowledge his sin. He believed in God, but he did not believe God. You know, there are so many people who believe in God. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. But which God? Sadly, he thought that he could approach God in his way, and he wanted. He wanted Cain wanted to approach God in his own way. There are so many people want to approach God in their own way. In their own way. And they are deceived. And because of that, they are damned. God has prescribed the word the way we should. Abel accepted Cain disregarded what God had given. In so doing, Cain became the father of the false religion. Cain became the father of false religion. That I can please God in my own way. I can please God in my own way. But there is only one way, and that is the narrow way. People don't want to walk on the narrow way. Everybody going on Broadway, narrow way that leads to Christ and Christ alone. And what a testimony, what a finest testimony that Abel obtained God's righteousness. Abel received God's righteousness. God declared Abel before 
the whole world, he is righteous. What is righteous stands for? He declared him forgiven and now accepted in the eyes of the holy God. Not because who he is, but because what he did, believed and did it. Abraham believed God and he was counted righteousness of God. Righteousness is a big subject, big topic in the New Testament that where God declares sinners righteous, that he has never committed any sin. Isn't it wonderful? It took Christ's blood to erase all my present, past, and future sin in the blood of the Lamb. Abel was declared righteous. And my friend, I hope and pray that God has truly declared you righteous, not because you come to the church, not because you give to the church, not because you do something, but because what he did for you and you believed by faith. You believed by faith. There are three things Abel speaks to us and I'm finished. Number one, number one, the first and the foremost significance of this text by faith, by Abel's faith's obedience, as it is recorded in Genesis chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 11, Abel preaches from the grave the most important sermon that his worship and the fruit thereof are registered in the everlasting records of the Holy Scripture and thereby he speaketh as though we heard him loudly. The fallen man can approach the Holy God through the death of the innocent substitute. Let me say it again. The fallen man can approach the holy God through the innocent substitute that is Jesus Christ. You and I, my friends, cannot approach the holy God. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says, He's too pure to look at the evil things. He, he's too pure. And how can the unholy child of creation can approach the holy God? Only the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. So Abel speaks so loudly that one can approach the God through the substitute or the, uh, the death of the substitute uh, sacrifice. Secondly, and by, 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 uh, by Abel's sacrifice, he being dead, yet he speaketh, how did he die? How did he die? He died by the religious brother. Religious brother. He was brother or religious, but who hated him. Here was the first public visible display of the enmity between the a seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Genesis 3.15. <clears throat> Thus Abel's death was the foreshadow of the death of Christ. Abel's death was the foreshadow of the death of Christ himself. He was murdered by the hand of the religious people. 
third thing Abel speaks, even though he's dead. Though ruthlessly slain by his brother, the soul of Abel exists in a separate state alive. He is among the company of Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, 10. 9 and 10. Abel is not only the type of the persecution and the suffering of the godly, but gives the place that God will vindicate his own elect in due time. We remember, those who are in Revelation chapter 6, they cry out, how long, how long, how long? And, this, and the word says, hang on for a time being, and they are going to be vindicated. So one day, Abel will be vindicated. Well, Abel speaks about sacrifice, and Abel speaks about worship. I hope and pray that you take time to write down in an index card how would you like you to be remembered that matters most to your children and grandchildren. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the life of Abel. Even though he is dead, yet he speaks. He did not have what we have called the Bible. Yet what he had received, he obeyed, and he paid ultimate price and is waiting for the final vindication. Help us, O oh God, that we might live a life which would please you and honor you. Help us, Lord, that each day you loan us that we may faithfully live so much that when you call us, we'll leave behind the life of legacy for the children and grandchildren to follow where they would thank you for us. Lead us and guide us, Lord, even as we go. Help us to live the life which would please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.